0: Hey, what's happening, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. Uh, I'm your host, John Saxton, and today's guest, we have Josh Perry, uh, BMX pro, uh, X Games level pro BMX rider, uh, turned motivational speaker and uh, nutritionist advocate. Um, Josh Perry, has. Uh, I've known him since he was a, a young pup, so it was pretty exciting to do this podcast today. He is not with us in studio right now. We kind of did something a little bit different, uh, so before we get into it, uh, I just wanted to give you a little intro of, of uh, what's going on. Uh, we just He has a uh, podcast that he's getting ready to launch as well. So um, that being said, we kind of shared one, so I'm just going to be posting it. First, and then when he launches his, he's going to post it as well. Um, So if you hear it again on his, uh, for sure, give it a listen and check it out. I'm not sure what kind of um, movie magic, as it were, uh, he's going to use on on his. Um, But anyway, we we are sharing this, and uh, I just happen to be the one to be able to post it first. So um, that being said, we did go a little bit long. So we may have to break it up into two segments, but if that is the case, um, I'll post them um, one after the other so you guys can check them out as needed. But hopefully it'll fit onto one and uh, that way you guys can stay in the same place to, to check it out. So uh, enjoy. Um, Josh Perry. Thanks again. And that's pretty, pretty good, just as long as I stare in this direction more uh, or less.
1: You just talk just to me. Gaze in, in your eyes. eyes. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Um, that's easy for me. Yeah.
1: I you're very really, handsome thanks i appreciate that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> threw me off
0: a little bit you have a strong jaw line and i, like. <laughs> you know, I, I work on it you know? I that's what tell. i'm doing in the gym is mostly this mostly jaw muscles yeah <laughs> you just go in there and start it's chewing on speaking stuff
1: and chewing chewing those those weights <laughs> do you ever eat a lot of something and you, you like after so, like, so much time gum Yeah. Say because then like your jaw starts to get legit fatigued, but you're not finished, and you want to keep eating.
0: Oh, for sure. It's gum. It's gum. I don't know if you ever watched uh, any of those Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory movie. Like that's like that girl, not Violet. Is it Violet Beauregard? The one that chews gum. I think Violet is the one that. Yeah, Violet. You're turning Violet, Violet. Yeah. So it's she's the one that just she had the she broke the record of chewing gum for like a month straight or something like that. Which is very much me because I'm, I have a, a terrible problem when it comes to gum. I will chew the same piece of gum for a while. like I'll even Until it be disintegrates.
1: Gr- yeah, basically. Uh-huh.
0: And then okay. once it gets to that point,
1: I, I throw it away, but uh, it's a weird feeling. It's a weird
0: feeling. It's strange.
1: It's very strange. I switched a couple of years ago to, like, the sugar-free gum, the xylitol oh, yeah. flavor. Oh, yeah. And they don't last as long. Right. And because I'm so used to chewing from years of chewing other gum, mm-hmm. it gets to the, like, the particle. It's, like, it's almost like cardboard's disintegrating. Right. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so strange and gross. And once it gets to that point, it's fine. But
0: I get chew on the same. I think I have, like, an oral fixation where I'm just, like, I have to be chewing on some, or, like, maybe that's why I'm just so snacky all the time. Yeah. I'm just always got to have something something going on chewing on a piece of straw or 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 an actual straw or gum or whatever toothpicks toothpicks not so much but if i'm at a restaurant
1: i might grab one or two and chew it to nothing chew it down to a nub it's funny i just trimmed my face today i didn't shave but like i fucking hate shaving i haven't shaved since i was in high school
0: really i shaved just the other day i'm a once a week shaver and i'll let it get to a five Five o'clock shadow, and then a six o'clock, and then seven. I'll just let it keep going until I'm just like, "Oh crap, I look like a mountain man." I need to, save <laughs> this. but I never let it get like. I, I don't want to say never. I rarely let it get to a beard. It just.
1: Kinda... I can't grow a beard. I mean, you can even see like I got little patches and stuff, but I like for the you know stay-at-home order that we're going yeah. through. I think it was like 60-something days. I didn't, I didn't shave. I didn't trim. 60.
0: Yeah. Six zero days.
1: Yeah. And it didn't get that long. It just started to like curl up under and like fill in the gaps of like the patches. Oh. And, um, but where you're I was lucky. going with that is, you know, you talked about it, like an oral fixation because I love snacking too, but i Don't like, tell me you're chewing on your beard. No. Okay. Uh, I have on accident. Okay. But just like the mustache. We've on. all been there. <laughs> but... Um, I've always like had this bad habit of biting my fingernails since I was younger, uh, and I've done some some research and different opinions to see where it started pain. from. But then, like when I started growing out my mustache, I changed it to like Jackie's yeah, always calling me out to like sitting there and like twisting uh, my mustache, okay. and I was like, "This is a step away from biting my nails." Yeah, and then I trimmed it, and so it's not trying so to gross. <laughs> it's not so gross, but it was interesting because my younger brother, we're about three and a half years apart. Mm-hmm. Since he, maybe out of high school, could grow a full beard. Oh, uh, really? We have different dads, so maybe oh, that's okay. why. Maybe that's it. But my dad, since I've been born, seen photos of him, full mustache, always. Really? Always a mustache. But then when he grows a beard, it's legit. Oh. And then, you know, Brandon. Oh, Brandon, yeah. I swear, is born with a beard oh, and I'm a sure. Beer I'm sure in his hand. <laughs> a beer and a beard. <laughs> and I've always been, like, kind of jealous. And yeah. He's always told me, no, you shouldn't because it's such a pain to deal with. Right. But I don't know. I don't know what that life's like. I don't know that life either. But I, I have
0: every now and then, it seems like once a year, I'll I'll start, I'll get in this mindset where it's like, all right, I'm going to let a, a mustache rock for a little while. So it kind of goes from that where I just kind of get, it's out of laziness that I just let the facial hair go and I'll be on a project and I'll just be living at a hotels or wherever I'm at and my family's back at home. So there's no, no one really to tell me you look like a psychopath. It's just... I get to a point where it's like I happen to walk by a mirror. I'm one of those people that I guess I'm the opposite of vain. I don't care what I look like and I don't even look at myself in the mirror most of the time. I don't even realize there is a mirror half the time and I'll happen to walk by one time and I look over and I'm just like oh my gosh I look like a I look crazy and then I'll have to shave it but sometimes I'll just be like well, I could just get rid of everything but the mustache. <laughs> and then that's like, all right, how can I get this, how long can I let this mustache rock and roll? And then eventually it'll get to the point where it's just like a serious, like a serious, like 70s police mustache, like a police style mustache, where it's just so serious and thick and just heavy. And then I'll I'll let it rock and roll and just keep on trucking until I start going to drink something, water, mm. have, a, have a drink, what whatever and i and i go to take a swig and once i take the cup away my mustache is wet and i was like sucking on my mustache and i'm like all right now it's time so i go through these phases where it's just like i just let my my life get to the
1: get to the level of gross and i'm like all right back off just a little bit do you think that's why so many people have like an issue especially like women with mustaches and then like, or is it like at least for the men, they're like kind of jealous because they want to have a mustache but they get backlash from the women in their lives.
0: I think think it could go both ways because I think the people that want the mustache don't realize the negatives of having a mustache. Mm -hmm. Like potentially drinking your juice through your mustache or <laughs>
1: getting food stuck in it or getting
0: food stuck especially. I mean it's a broom it just like sweeps food off my plate or or, <laughs> or, or it keeps the cereal come from when I'm drinking the, the last bit of the cereal out of the bowl uh, so but some of the people that want it they don't realize there are bad aspects here but there's pros and cons with everything and I guess we just happen to dwell on the mustache pros and cons for this particular are we, are we gonna start recording
1: oh we have been we recorded that entire yeah. mustache <laughs> conversation.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I thought I thought
1: like well, you heard me when I was like, and we oh wait, no, I was about to and then you started saying something and I was like, all right, fuck I it. I guess this we're going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is real life. Welcome to the welcome to the podcast, everybody.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, On that cool. note, we're in North Carolina and you're visiting and I got a text from you about a week and a half ago about about that. Sounds about right. And just like whenever you're in town, like what's up? I'm in town. And I was like, oh, John's building something. Right. I wonder what is going on. So, what are you? Uh, yeah, what have you been doing?
0: So right now, what brings us into town is we are working over at the Cary Action Sports Complex, Action Sports Park, the skate park, basically in uh, Cary, North Carolina. Uh, we did some work a couple months ago where we uh, um, we got rid of the kids section, the smaller ramp mm-hmm. section uh, to like build behind some, the mini ramp. Behind the mini ramp. Uh, just just because they were having a C1 event, or a couple, like, excuse me, a, a few C1 events, which are uh, events that get people points towards the Olympics. So it was a pretty major contest, a big time contest where people come were coming from all over the world. So we built this setup to kind of cater to them. I mean, granted, we the, the skate park was already there. I just had to add a couple little features and, and um, Modify the, the kids section. So the, the kids section did have to go and we always knew like after the contest was over We'd let it ride because I had to I had other projects I had to go do so I knew we knew in The next few months, I'd be back to give the kids back their section and that's where I'm at now. So luckily I mean, I think luckily just because it allows me to continue working, but maybe that's just a selfish thing I, I it's hard to gauge where I'm at with this whole COVID thing. I'm trying about, to
1: be nothing wrong with being grateful that you can do what you love doing. <laughs> right.
0: Well, but at the same time I I don't wanna I don't wanna put it in an aspect that says like I'm able to work, na na boo boo, like I'm <laughs> able to work kind of thing. So I mean it is what it is. I'm uh, it got to the point where we needed to do this work. Um, I have a camper and it got to the point where they were like the town of Cary was Very, very gracious in hosting as far as allowing me to come do the work. But they obviously, they were trepidatious about a couple things just because the biggest one being if I was down here in the middle of a project staying at a hotel, I could potentially be kicked out of the hotel because the hotel has to shut down or or whatever. And then they'd be stuck with a half-finished skate park. So I just said, well, what if I brought my camper and kind of self-quarantined? And, uh, I can't, so I was able to come do the work. I I'm bringing my own hotel room basically. And it kind of worked out to where I was able to, to do that. It's not the ideal situation, just living conditions, but it's great. Like everyone that I'm working with is being very courteous and gracious and just so awesome. Like, uh, Billy Dexter over at Carrie is just the, he's the best. He is awesome. Are the best person to be running at scavy in bike park he's he's such an incredible human being, and he's so funny because just hanging out with him more and more over the past couple years that I 've known him he's really just somebody that I can really get along with. He has a goofy like goofy demeanor like me we're all we can be serious if we have to be. Mm-hmm. But we choose not to be <laughs> most of the time. So we're more goofy more often – or we're goofy more often than not. Uh, so we can we can kind of be silly together. But at the same time, I see what he does as far as work, like in some of the projects he has around his house and at the park and this and that. And I just love the way he does things. He kind of thinks outside the box with certain projects and and I love that. So I'm going to be stealing some of his ideas. Uh, just And this is just random stuff. Like he's got an outdoor shower. And I'm just like, oh, I love what he does there. <laughs> I love what he's doing over here. This project over here. This and that and the other. And I'm just like, I, I'm just stealing, like nitpicking some of his better, better ideas for projects. But it's either way, going back to it, um, mm-hmm. we figured out a way to where I was able to come down, self-quarantine. I don't really – the park is closed. So – it's my project, my my uh, job site at the moment. Whenever I'm down there, down here working, so I was able to come down and, and do the work. And it's and we're just giving the kids back their their section, kind of spicing it up a little bit. And the mini ramp was a really rough, so that needed to come down. So we're kind of not only giving them back a section, we're saying sorry for taking your section <laughs> for the last few months. Here's a bigger section now. So yeah. uh, I think I think everyone's gonna be excited about it and stoked on it
1: yeah it looks cool from what i've seen so far i know you mentioned it the other night like kind of like the layout and i saw like the i wouldn't say skeleton because you guys print scaling on it but i saw like what you were talking about and it looks pretty cool yeah and so they're they're closed right now like kids can't come in there not currently no i mean there are a lot of kids that
0: come to the gate and just kind of Oh, and, drool, like peek in, drool yeah. and peek in and say, oh, "I can't wait to
1: ride it," but no one's allowed to be riding other than my uh, my crew or myself. At the yeah, moment. did you hear some stuff about like California was like cementing in their their like skate parks so kids couldn't? Uh, was that like was that true? Like I heard that on some podcasts on recently. I haven't heard about them putting cement in their like parks, filling cause... them in with dirt or something. Like I didn't sand. sand sand oh, so they're really like legit filling them in to prevent kids from using them? I don't know if they're filming them in completely but, and
0: because I kind of I saw a couple things just I mean you know like you see on Facebook or yeah. whatever.
1: I and mean, I didn't look into it I just thought yeah. of it now. It, I, just,
0: I did I mean obviously that's what I do so I did kind of look into it a little bit more but it's just it was one of those things where a town got the bright idea because it was a, the, the one that I saw was uh, that skate park in Venice Beach in mm-hmm. California. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's, so it's like right on the beach. It's on the beach. Yeah. So they just literally took a, a couple excavators and just like took the sand from the beach and just uh, dumped okay. it
1: around the it's skate park. a little bit more dramatic the way I heard it. Yeah. Right?
0: People, I mean, that's, that's nowadays. That's the news. Yeah. That's media. Just everything's more dramatic than it really is. I mean, just anyway. But uh, so, yeah, they did kind of spread sand around just to keep kids because, I mean, Kids are kids. They don't want to be stuck in their house for three months at a time. Kids are like, I have two toddlers. If I tried to keep them in my house for three (laughs) months at a time without letting them out, they there's, I would, I wouldn't be able to handle that. Not just them. They wouldn't be able to handle it either. But I wouldn't be able to handle that. So we gotta bring them to the park when it's empty, or just let them go find a field and go run around or whatever. Because kids need that. Kids need to be running around and just them not being able to interact like they were used to up until up until all this stuff happened uh it's that's a big deal for kids oh yeah especially at this time in their life to not interact with
1: other kids that's that's wild that's hard. I mean, we have issues. I remember when, like, I was about third, fourth grade. Like, um, I was put on Ritalin for like a little bit of the year because oh, of really? ADD and all that stuff. And like, I hear about you know people getting, or people yelling at their kids for being too hyper. Like, mm. teachers in school getting irritated with me all the time because I just wanted to move. And I'm like, well, you're, gr- you're a growing human being. Like, you're stuck inside for eight hours a day yeah. trying to obey rules. Like, you want to be moving, and so of course, like this. Do. I wonder, like. You know, um, I was I was reading something about, like, domestic violence has gone up because of this. And I wonder, like the, like, the quarantine thing. And I wonder, like, how that's affecting children and, like, their relationships with their parents that otherwise wouldn't be seeing them for about six to ten hours a day between school and daycare, right. sports and things like that. Right. And then the stress of everything, like... That's that's really interesting about you know seeing that stat go up I'm like damn I'm almost scared to look yeah like, it's pretty alarming but like I know me as like a 30 year old adult like yeah <laughs> trying to like stay maintained with um, you know excitement or you know drive to not just watch television thankfully I'm not just hooked to the television right. but I could imagine like a kid you know oh my
0: gosh it I could I I knowing myself as a child like. I used to be at one point in time, I know it's long enough ago to where it's hard to it's hard to fathom for some people that I was a kid at one point but uh but knowing what I was like, I don't know what I would have done in this situation. There's no way I would've been able to contain myself and not go to the park and go play with kids and I'm an adult kind of and I still <laughs> kind and, and I'm still just like that how how am I supposed to be expected to just stay in my house I can't yeah. do it I my entire life has been being active all day every day forever like my entire life like outside of being sick here or there for the cold or the flu or, or yeah. whatever it's like outside of that being you would never find me in my house watching TV during the day outside of like eating lunch and I'll pop it on or something like that and that's it but like I am always just on the move. So this whole thing, I'm just doing everything I can. We got so many projects done around our house. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> we have a little bit of property. Not a lot, but just a little bit. And just all the projects. Like, we, I've been going crazy. Like, rented skid steers and just, like, going crazy. We made a pit bike track around my yard. like oh, That's awesome. Dude, it's, it's insane. I don't own a pit bike. <laughs> <laughs> it just made a pit bike track. So, I mean, I've just been... Go, I mean, just... I'm like a lumberjack out chopping trees up and getting stuff ready for winter which is something that would have taken me all all summer mm. and now it's like I'm ready for next winter already like because yeah. we burn wood for for the winter but
1: that's me. been a common conversation I've been having with people it's like you know perspective like this may look like a struggle or something but then it allows people to kind of reflect and get things done oh, otherwise yeah. it wouldn't have you know and for me I was traveling on a plane like every other week so it allowed me to finish up a lot of projects because that was my only option you right. know, was that or try to entertain myself. And then, you know, for me, similar, like I to being active. So, you know, can't go to the skate parks, can't go golfing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and the point it was like still rough with that. And then bowling alley has been shut down and I like found like a new <clears throat> passion for bowling after 18 years. And it was just like, all right. But then if you look at it, it's interesting. That, like taking a step back allows you to go two steps forward. And it's,
0: yeah, it's, it's different. There's definitely, it's you, it's the mindset, of you get out of it what you put into it Yeah. so some people are like well I'm stuck at home I guess I'm just gonna sit here and watch TV for three months Yeah. which is gonna do not much it's no. not gonna do much for you productively but some people like us we just have that mindset or drive where we're just like well I'm not bored. allowed to do all the <laughs> other stuff
1: yeah I get, I get bored even, I try, even I before this Jackie would try to get me to sit down and watch a movie or a couple episodes of a television show something like that and I just like I'm just getting antsy because get I'm like, I, I mean, I have energy. Like I could be doing something right. like, um, so that's been a challenge for me, which is interesting to think about because I remember when I was, you know, in high school and didn't want to go to school or like do school work, I just watched TV or movies and then yeah. go ride and some of that. But then now I'm like, no, like, <laughs> because you're older and you're, you're wise enough to know there is so
0: much going on out in this world that you don't know if it'll be there tomorrow or if you'll be available or able or whatever. No. So you just take advantage of it now. So I mean, I'm I'm of the mindset. It's like if it's in front of me, I want to grab it. If, if it's if it's down the road, I wanna I wanna start walking towards it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's something like like I've never been, I've never sat down and watched a movie, and I'm like, I'm glad I did this in the middle of the day, yeah. And just like a beautiful day outside, I'm glad I was inside watching TV all day. Whereas if it's a beautiful day, I mean, don't get me wrong, there rainy days. There are days where you're just like, yeah, let's let's take a day just to like chill out if it's a rainy, crappy day. Let's just have a movie day with the kids or something like that. I get that. It's all it's all good. Like and I'm I'm a very to each his own. Like, don't bother me, I won't bother you. Like live and let live kind of thing. It is what it is. But I would much rather just be outside like getting it. I feel like I don't know, like the even when I was a kid, I always wanted to be outside. And I'm a that's, I think, I'm, I don't know if it's a problem, but ever since I can remember, I've always wanted to be away from my house. Yeah. Just like, even if I'm going to the grocery store, that's an adventure. Like any, anything, going down the road, like driving, doing, a just driving around, riding bikes up and down the road real quick, do, learning, go outside. Like I bought, I found a unicycle at a yard sale and I was like, well, I'm going to buy this because yeah. I'm going to learn how to use this thing. I bought a drum set for 25 bucks in another yard. I'm a big yard sale guy, admittedly. <laughs> so I have a lot of crap that I buy from yard sales, but it's just like drum set. I've never known how to play the drums really, but all going through high school and school and just everything. I'm always like just it on the yep. table, or whatever, just, you know, just playing around. So I'm like, drum set, 25 bucks, deal. All right, whatever. And I mean, luckily I had one of my kids with me, one of my little dudes, and and I was like, eh, I was thinking about the drum set, and then I kind of walked away, and then I, I hear just like, bang, 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 he found a drumstick and just started wailing away on it. I was like, I guess that's a sign I'm gonna buy those. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know, Some some people, During this whole COVID thing where you're on, you're on house arrest. It's uh, you, you get out of it what you put into it. Some people learn a new language. Some people learn how to play guitar. Some people learn this. And I just finished a whole bunch of projects that I had started or kind of had in mind that I needed to do. And just kind of way went, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's the same with you just knocking out projects and you
1: feel just so much more accomplished at the end of the day. Yeah. That's, that's definitely the feeling that I go for. that was like one of the bigger, like, I guess, uh, things I took away from BMX was the gratification of working on something. And then like you do something or you build something and you're like, yeah, I did that. Totally. That's like a really cool feeling. But when you just, you know, to each their own, they all have different perspectives, but like I find when I'm just zoning out and just kind of watching something i'm like there's not much to gain from this unless it's like a documentary which i'm fascinated with that interviews and stand-up and watching people talk because you know me pursuing a path of speaking like i like i love watching people tell stories and like learning but um you mentioned something like you've always wanted to like be away from home and be active and then go to yard sales and you mentioned i love that analogy like what's in front of me i'm gonna grab it and what i see down the road i'm gonna go towards it like I really love that that perspective or that analogy. I've never really heard anyone say it. Feel free to use that. it, whatever you want. But if every time you say it, you have to give me, like John Saxon said, but call me that. give me a little punchline. That's like what uh, Joe line. Johnson told me when I um, at Rye Airfield when I was yeah. like 16. He's like, every tail whip you do is five bucks, every double tail whip is ten bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh no. <laughs> I actually,
0: uh, I, when I built um, Kevin Robinson's skate park, Impact, up in uh, not the original one, the, the second iteration in, in Providence. Uh, we built the resi and Joe, on opening night, like it was a soft opening, but we, Kevin invited a whole bunch of people. I saw Joe Johnson do a tail whip on the resi oh, that, that I awesome. made and I was like, <laughs> holy smokes.
1: For people that don't know, Joe Johnson is the inventor of the tail whip. He, uh, he showed up at the Barnesville Skate Park on Cape Cod when um, I was at 16. I, I think it was around the summer before I decided to move Barnesville to Barnesville or Hyannis? Um, well, Hyannis is a town in the county of Barnstable. But we, so, they we're call talking it about Barnstable same... skate park. Yeah, okay. the one with the big cement bowls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And I saw this dude with like this, it looked like a stock yellow Hoffman bike. And he was doing like, you know, the no handers in the bowl. But like back then, we called him old school no handers yeah. because he was like tucked his knees in. Right. And uh, I was like, who is this? And I went and started talking to him. And I was like, oh, okay. And then the next couple months was a contest at Rye. And that's when that all started. So, it was pretty funny to be able to see. You didn't do any tail ups at the BSP, but. He was there on a, like, a trip with his wife golfing. He's like, a, you know, broke off to the skate park a little bit. And, awesome.
0: Yeah, I've played, I've played golf with Joe before. He's a, he's a good dude. Uh, he's another dude I'd like to track down and, and sit down for a podcast one day. I feel I could get some stories get some out of stories
1: him. some stories for sure. Yeah, he's been around for a minute. And Legend. Did, like, I wonder what it's like to have invented the tail whip or just anything like that where like a mass movement of people adopt something that you creatively started. Yeah, I mean that's
0: that's that's a question for the ages, I guess. Yeah. I mean, just think of all these questions or, or just these world's firsts that are popping up. But I mean, the tail whip is a little bit more it's like, easy. like a fundamental,
1: like right. I mean, it almost profe- is. amateur and professional level, like 100. percent I mean, when I grew up, like that was like the thing. Like if you could tail whip, like you were sick. <laughs> totally.
0: Well, I remember when I, I did a tail whip at uh, Cabral's old ramp, and mm. Marcus. I guess I'm the first person that Marcus. Took her ever saw do a tail up, and he always like held on to that. He's like, "You were the first dude." Like he'd remind me every now and then, "You were the first dude that I ever saw do a tail up." Well, meanwhile, he's doing all this wild stuff, and it's yeah. like, "Thanks for making me feel old, Marcus." <laughs> but I mean, I mean, yeah, the tail up is such an elusive thing, and it's able to kind of cross so many barriers, like BMX, mountain biking, scootering. Like the tail, everyone, everyone knows the tail whip, and like being able to invent that i know there are a lot of people that say oh i invented the quad flip yeah it's like oh okay oh, you invented
1: the quad flip or you just took a trick that already yeah that's what i meant like, to be able to like, just... create like or right. do something that was a first totally of something that would evolve not that something evolved. that evolved from something someone else exactly. did. exactly no disrespect to people doing quad whips or not at all things like that but it, like you know, especially back then. like Of course. I think I was, like, a couple years old, like, when the 1st right. happened happened. You know? Right. Like,
0: yeah, absolutely. If that, I
1: don't even know. I was born in 88, so I don't
0: even know. That's probably pretty darn close. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to... It was... The story, from what I've heard, the story goes, it was between him and Dennis mm. and McCoy that was, mm-hmm. like, working on them. And Dennis was just eating crap, and Joe was like, I think I'm getting closer. And, and Joe just happened to be the first one to to let her rip and, and pull it off, but... Um, yeah, that's such an iconic trick for sure, but it's it's funny how we can geek out over something so so simple that people that don't ride bikes are like, what are these guys talking
1: about? What also comes to mind, especially with tail whips and then like mindset is like, remember when Mira built that ramp inside the warehouse to do the triple whip first and like yeah. this, that video of him just slamming and slamming? Right. Um, Who was he, like, going against to, to triple whip for the first time? Or was it just something he wanted to do and just, like, Dave would do? Just From what I understand, something? it
0: was just a, a battle between him and himself. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so between those two people, <laughs> yeah. him and himself. And that was... That was that, such a gnarly video to watch. That's kind of what made him who he was, though. It's just, like, he had those battles with himself just to... I want this trick. I want this trick. I, I mean... We've all kind of been there that are in the action sports. and I mean, I'm sure it's the same for people. We just can relate it to tricks with action yeah. sports. Whereas some people, that their version of that could be, I had this story I wanted to write, but I couldn't quite get the words. And it just kind of eventually they figure it out. So yeah. it's, just, it's just everyone's iteration is a little bit different, but it's a little bit easier for us to kind of relay that to somebody else because like hey i had this trick i wanted to try it took me a long time i crashed a lot and eventually i didn't crash anymore and i pulled the trick so i mean it's a little easier for us to kind of relay that and people can kind of grasp it nowadays whereas when the tail was first being invented that bmx wasn't as big as it is now Oh yeah so it's a it's a little, little easier for people that don't ride and i always kind of have to rein myself in with With that when I start going off on tangents or nerding out or getting excited about certain things that I realize are just in my world and no one else around me cares one bit. And it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot you guys aren't all into this thing that I'm into, Uh, which is fine. It's all good. But I think that's kind of what makes you makes you an adult when you're when you're a kid, you kind of surround yourself with kids that are very like minded. So everyone you talk to knows exactly what you're talking about no matter what what direction you're going off or how skewed it can be but as you become an adult you're like i know a lot of people that probably have no idea about this thing that i'm really into but they're still cool people so we're still we can still be friends so it's just
1: just funny just one more thing to make me feel old (laughs) (laughs) i've noticed that with like words so you know dialed is a very common word a word in action sports yes and now that you mentioned like when you're, you know, you grow up and you're not just surrounded by this one thing which yeah. for us was like bmx um when you start meeting different people that do different things and then like your you know avenues change and like now i find myself hanging out with you know communicating with doctors or nutritionists or you know researchers and i use the word dialed and they ask me like what does that mean and i'm like Oh, it, like I thought that was just like a common word. I just used it like over half my life. <laughs> I'm just talking about soap. <laughs> <laughs> and what's what's funny is like I catch them saying it, and some of like my friends that I formed in that medical world, when they first started saying it, they almost would like like um, over like enunciate it because they were like aware and they'd smile. <laughs> I and mean, it's just, it's see, super I'm funny. using your word, Josh. <laughs> yeah, it's just super funny to see like people embrace something like the word "dialed." but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's always like you ever think about too, how like even um, you're just, you know, driving on a road trip or something with your family or you're just going, like, but you see something and you're like, Oh, I could ride that. Or like, you know. I think of that all the time. And I actually talk to people about this kind of regularly
0: where we, as action sport enthusiasts, we see the world because we could potentially ride on anything and everything. Yes. <laughs> so that's kind of why we see the world the way we do, because everything is a ramp for us. And if it looks like a ramp, I mean, if it looks, smells, and acts like a ramp, it's probably... A ramp. So like anything, anything that we could potentially ride our bikes on, or I mean, another aspect, skateboards or snowboards or, yeah. or whatever it is, we see the world... Like, what can I ride on? I can ride on that, I could ride on that, I could ride on that, so we just see the world differently. Because we'll be driving around, I know exactly what you're talking about, because I'll be driving in a place I've never been before, and we'll be doing circles around, looking for parking or just lost or something like that and i'll be like oh we got to turn here and my wife will be like how do you know that and be like oh because i remember that rail we turn, <laughs> we that rail that's across the street down that 10 set uh we we turned left here last time so let's turn right and i think that's the direction we need. and she'll be like how on earth do you remember it just by that rail and i'm like that's how i see the world i everything sticks out to me like i remember everything every ledge every not so much grass and sidewalks and things but like anything like a, a handrail a, a curb like a, a curb that had like a cool thing that you could jump off of or this that or the other it's like that's the stuff that i see that's how i see the world but then i ask people like my wife i'm like do you Because she used to do gymnastics. And I've even talked to some Olympic gymnasts and just been like, hey, do you ever look at the world because they did, um, what's it called? The Ninja Warrior stuff or parkour. Parkour guys. I'm I'm like, do you look at the world like that all the time? And they're like, some people, like parkour guys will. But a regular gymnast who I thought wouldn't be far off the mark from a parkour guy. I'd be like, do you ever see like this cool beam downtown or something. And you're like, I want to do a handstand on that or something. And they're like, sometimes, I mean, gymnasts, we typically do the handstand thing just for like fun photos or something, but we don't really look at the world because our world is in the gymnasium. I was going to say, do you think it has to
1: do with like their environment? Their yes. The condition to BMX and that's action exact. sports, they it's don't just stay in that one place. Right, It's all over the place. Yeah. It's all over the world. Because parkour was what came to mind. I was like, maybe that's just like an evolution of gymnastics as parkour. Oh, that's exactly what it is. Of course, they'd see that roof over there and be like, oh, I could jump off that. I can go down to that tree and front flip off that. Right, right. And that's kind of how I how I asso- associate parkour is like
0: street gymnastics, which I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm not being negative. I'm not.
1: Oh, no. I mean, I'm that's, not. that's just what I kind of look at as just like a different form, you know? Like right. You have flatland BMX. You have 100%. street BMX or
0: yeah. vert ramps. It's just like, different. Yeah. It's just different. And I think it's cool. I think it's awesome. I think it's all all got a place. It's not something that I technically... I didn't get into it, but it's not something I don't respect. I respect it. I think it's cool. Like, some guys are doing some pretty wild stuff, some crazy stuff. So I think it's all got its place. I mean, that's what makes people people. Like, it's... I mean... Everyone's got their own thing that they're into. So, some people are in the stuff that you're not into. You could really? be stuff that they're certainly not into. It's when you start getting arguments over th- silly things like that that I'm like, all right, let's settle it down yeah, a little Yeah, it's so bit. petty. Like, there could be more than one truth that exists at the same time. 100%. <laughs> I mean, so many people are either great, like, there's, there's white and black. That's how it is. It's this way or that way. It's like, well, not really. There's there's a lot of things. There could be some gray. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of things that's true or not true. Like, yeah. Like, there are facts. There are facts. <laughs> and that's what they are called. They're called facts. But when you start – but certain things or mindsets or like just ways you do something, there's, there's – I mean – Going back to that silly old saying, there's a thousands wait. There's a thousand ways to skin a cat, and mm-hmm. I mean that's a terrible I don't analogy. Know where that came from? that's got to be. t te- I'd actually. I'd be curious to look up where that came from because that's <laughs> the origin that's a, of that. That's a terrible analogy. Did somebody skin a cat? I hope not, but who knows? I mean, different countries eat different animals, that's so you, true. Ne- you never know. But anyway, it's there's there's a there's a thousand ways to do certain things. It's. I mean, Thomas Edison. I'm pretty sure, and I mean. I'm not a historian or a doctor or anything, so this could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure Edison, when he was inventing the light bulb, he said, there, there, it took me a thousand tries to invent the light bulb. Or somebody asked you, it, it took you a thousand tries to figure out how to make the light bulb. He's like, no, I figured out a thousand ways not to make yep. the light bulb. It, it, it got down to that one time at the end where I figured out how to make a light bulb. So it's, it's, it's kind perspective. of. perspective. It's perspective. Everyone's classes. got
1: their own lens they see the world through 100%. and the experiences that form it. The glass is half empty or half full. So on that note, with like being able to see things differently because of BMX, is that what led you to wanting to build ramps as like your business that you run today? Like how did that start?
0: Uh, I wouldn't say that really led to it by any means, but it definitely helps give me inspiration, Hmm. uh, when I'm trying to think of a new ramp or anything. But I guess the, it's just the same way that it started for anything, anybody's passion kind of when it can potentially turn into a living or you can make money off it, like riding bikes. Like when you first got into riding bikes, you didn't start riding bikes and say, I'm going to be a pro at this, so I might as well just keep practicing. No, you do it because it's fun, and then one thing leads to another, and you get pretty good at it, and then people start to notice, and then you start competing, and then you start doing well, and it just kind of snowballs, so that's the same thing for me. Like, when I was younger, we moved, and I didn't have a whole lot of friends, but I had one friend, and he started getting me into riding bikes, and... And it got to the point where I was like, I kind of want a ramp. And my dad helped me build a ramp. And then some of the neighborhood kids would come over and ride it. And then one of the neighborhood kids says, Hey, I want a ramp in my yard. So we kind of figure out how to make a ramp in his yard. Mm -hmm. And then the local town is building a skate park or adding ramps to a skate park. And I found out who it was. He was just a local skater. And I was like, Hey, if you need help, let me know. I've built a couple ramps and I'd help him. And then it just kind of snowballs into this thing. And then, sooner or later i'm getting paid to help build ramps and then i'm getting paid to actually build ramps all by myself and then i'm getting sent all over the world to build ramps and and now it's my full-time job to build ramps and skate parks all over the world it's just one of those things i didn't plan for it just Mm -hmm. kind of snowballed and once i saw that it was a possibility i was like well it would be silly not to Grasp for the next project and start walking towards the next project and and It's just one of those things where I'm at the mindset now. I've been doing it like Probably on my own full-time for I'll say in the 15 to 20 year range of Mm. building skate parks like that's been my living now granted I, I still did shows, and I still do shows, and, and I'll go... Like, like I have,
1: you performed in them before you started running your own show. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: there. yeah, yeah. Uh, performing shows at fairs, festivals, um, schools, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I have a portable... A portable ramp it's a big box jump it's a big jump where um that's one know, i rode right with keith you did yeah, yeah actually you did ride one in those so the one we did it was just a, a fair or a carnival or i can't remember exactly it was uh um, was it at was a, was a campground or, it was
1: at a campground yeah that's right because that's right. you you had a smaller uh a smaller deck or um a smaller gap on it right because and because they
0: didn't we didn't have as much room as we told them they needed and yeah. they ended up supplying some plywood so we could ride across the grass. And I mean, it wasn't the ideal situation, but it's in those, in those scenarios, you kind of do what you have to do to yeah. the show must go on. Yeah, we got so it done. People are there to watch and whether it's as exciting as you know, it could be or not. Those people don't ride. So they don't know how exciting it can be. Yeah. They just know how exciting it is in front of them right then. But yeah, so it's, So we do shows for schools where we set up a jump in a gymnasium and talk to kids about drug awareness and anti-bullying. And and we just have, we just, so obviously we try our best to get their attention. And, um, and once we have it, then we slow the show down and talk to them about the serious stuff. And then so we start it and end it on a fun note with the writing and do some skits with them and have kids come out and we jump over them and teachers come out and we flip over them or whatever. So it's fun. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where I never thought this is where it's going to be when I was little. It was just like, hey, I'm yeah. just going to keep going. and It's pretty crazy how it evolves, huh? It just keeps on – it's a snowball effect. Like you never know how big or out of control it's going to get until it's already too late <laughs> to yeah. slow it down. <laughs> and I And I tell myself all the time because people ask me how long I – I plan on going for it and i say i didn't plan on starting it so i don't plan on ending yep. it but if it does end at any point in time it could end tomorrow and i will consider myself lucky because it was a good ride so if it all ends tomorrow i'm happy with how it turned out now hopefully it doesn't yeah. but i mean that's life i for mean sure. people it doesn't people don't always get the life they they want it's what you do with the life that you have
1: i guess no 100 percent so what was the moment that, cause you used to ride professionally and you had sponsors and you competed and did shows and like, what was like the moment where you were like doing enough help with building, you're building on your own, but like, what was the moment where you're like, I'm going to go all in this direction and still ride, but like, I'm going to focus on this kind of career path. I mean, legitimately a career path.
0: Well, it was one of those things where I guess doing what I was doing and i think a lot of people are still doing i guess i would, could be considered the starving artist kind of thing like bmx is not a very lucrative profession for a lot of people there's i said a, majority of people for a majority of people oh shit a bird just fell out of the tree
1: is it okay do we need oh, to
0: do he's, stand,
1: he's standing that just distracted me i saw something falling out of the tree oh that dog has a fluffy tail let's just <laughs> <laughs> this is literally like dramatic I was like whoa <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well I'm glad that somebody was able to, to cater to his, his aid hey, in, if just net, if trying to be, be
1: empathetic to all the living creatures <laughs> I think that's beautiful that's beautiful I try
0: yeah. uh, so I guess it's, uh, it's one of those things where uh, BMX for the, for the most part is, is a hard profession there are a, lot of, there are a lot of people that are able to make some money mm. a lot of people that are able to make some money very few people are able to make a living solely doing riding bmx so but there are a lot of avenues you can go to make money some people go strictly contest riders and they they base their their paychecks off of uh having sponsors and and um people promoting them and doing well at contests and winning money and things like that but another way that you could go is doing shows where you just travel around, do shows for fairs and festivals and carnivals and and schools and just backyard birthday party. Like anybody that wants to buy a show, then they'll give you money and you yeah. come ride for them and do a show. So that's another way. But um, and I mean, as you can be as creative as you want, but there are, there are multiple ways to get there. But. In the grand scheme of things, rarely are BMXers wealthy by any means, so it's kind of at the starving artist. That was
1: like a different era where there was like oh, a sure. handful of dudes making right. like six figures easily or more, right? And then that
0: kind of shifted, kind of fizzled out. Yeah, it's. I, I feel it was probably because the market became almost saturated with people that would do it for do the same thing for
1: less. Yeah, that was something that really bummed me out it was that, like, I didn't see the demand for the sport grow, but there was brands popping up and, like, I mean, you don't break a bike every day, right. but, like, the sport itself wasn't growing, but there was a plenty of supply. Right. And then I started seeing more parks shut down or more events start, start like, going away. So there was less opportunity for exposure or to make, you know, money off that event mm-hmm. or so and um so yeah what what like going with that what led you to want to like go full well just aboard? because i was
0: at the point where i was a, like i keep saying that using the term the starving artist thing is like this whole profession i feel is a bunch of people in that zone is they were uh they loved what they did they wanted to keep doing what they did but they were just struggling from for for money and i was kind of at that I wasn't necessarily struggling, but I wasn't wasn't stoked on where I was at financially. And the building aspect, I was able to make more money building than I was riding my bike. So for a little while, I tried to do both, but eventually Mm. got to the point where I was starting to get busier building projects. And when you're in the middle of a project, building a ramp or skate park or, or a facility or whatever it is you can't leave to go do shows in the middle of it. So you kind of have to turn some things down to focus over here. So, uh, it kind of got to that point where I just, without, I wasn't planning on it. It just kind of happened again. I, w- things just started working out better over here than with the building than they were with the writing. So I said, well, I mean, I need to start. I mean, no one ever wants to grow up, but sooner or later you kind of have to say, all right, I have to at least weigh my options. I, I love riding. I'm not gonna be able to do this forever. I love, I mean, granted, I love building up, but I'm probably not gonna be able to do it forever. It's a very high demand taxing yeah. on your body kind of kind of job. Um, but it is a, so that's kind of how it worked for me. And I still ride for fun, all, I mean, very regularly, but now my job is just behind the scenes of Ramps and skate parks and stuff like that, as opposed to out front for everybody, and that's fine by me. I I love it. I still love the opportunities where I get to build skate parks for or contest setups, or I mean, and I still do other things as well, just to stay involved with the sport. I mean, it's a passion. Like BMX is something that will always be a part of me. So anything I can do to stay involved and. If I can make a paycheck, too, and, and continue supporting my, my family and myself off of this thing that I just thought was a, a good way to get out of the house and stay active and have fun on for a couple hours a day. And then it just blossomed into this is my career. And I mean, I still I'll still judge contests or announce contests. Oh, that's right. Or, yeah, you help judge, too. So, I mean, I try to I'm, I'm like the jack of all trades a little bit. I do a little bit of everything. But the majority would be the the ramps and stuff like that.
1: What's your favorite build you ever been a part of?
0: Oh gosh, that would be a wild one. There I think it would probably be one of the one of the special events we did for Daniel Dares. So we did three. We did one where we went down to Peru and built ramps on the back of two flatbed trucks. Oh, yeah. Yep. And while and he was able to drive around Lima, Peru. And like transfer from one truck to the other and like I've seen that video do crazy stuff like that it was that was that was an interesting one that was the first one of the three projects that we did so that one will probably always be pretty special to me the second one we did we uh, we built ramps in a haunted sanatorium in Costa Rica yeah. and Daniel dares and Kenneth Tencio down in uh, Costa Rica I can't remember the name of the town, so forgive me, but, um, I think it was Santa Cruz or right outside Santa Cruz, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, so we built rent. We had just said, we had access, whatever we wanted to do at this haunted sanatorium and we could do whatever we wanted. So, so that was pretty cool. But I think the third one might be my favorite just because it was so unique. We built a skate park out of salt in Bolivia. So, um, it, that was the wildest adventure I'd ever been a part of just because I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I had no idea what I was doing until I was doing it. So it was one of those things where when Red Bull contacted me and said, Hey, can you build ramps out of salt? We have this crazy idea. We, you, we want to build ramps out of salt. And I was like, all right, yeah let's do it and they said can you do it and I was like I don't know has anyone ever done this and they said no and I said well I guess I might as well be the first to try so let's do it let's figure it out and I mean that and that was exactly what happened like if you go there are people down there like the hotel we stayed at was made out of salt so like they the way they did it is just they they cut out salt blocks out of the 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 uni salt flats in Bolivia (laughs) which is the biggest salt flat in the earth in the world like there's the um the bonneville salt flats right outside of salt lake Mm -hmm. uh, which where they do a lot of racing and 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 land speed record type stuff yeah i've been out
1: to a brand called redmond they have like their own salt mine out there and they took us down oh okay to uh like i forget how far into the earth but to like show us where they mine all their salt oh i'm sure it's crazy yeah i'm sure it's awesome it's super wild they turned all the lights off and you're like oh shit i'm in the cave (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so
0: that and so this one in in bolivia bolivia has the largest salt flat in the world like all satellites in space are calibrated there because it's the largest flattest place on earth so they're able to like calibrate or do whatever yeah. they need to do and uh yeah so we went there and we just so the the way they built the hotels is and i had a couple of the guys that built the hotels and just were involved with stuff like that on the crew uh, just because I really didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of took their lead and kind of followed along. Like, those guys were the real rock stars because they were used to the elevation. The elevation was, like, I want to say 13,000 feet above uh-huh. sea level. It was exhausting. It was yeah. crazy, like, working with those guys because I'm not at that elevation, and they're just used to it just plowing along, and, and I'm, I'm up there. Imagine just, the salt in the air was probably difficult just to be everything. Breathing, breathing it. Like, the, my clothes were, like, as hard as this table because just covered in, caked in salt. I'm carrying around salt bricks all day, every day, and eventually the shirt is just hard as a rock. I can knock on my shirt like it was a table, it was wild. But we just, uh, like I'm sure you've seen when they're cutting up pavement or concrete, they have this giant saw that Mm. like, cuts squares out and then they're able to like pry those out of the ground yeah that's how we did it with salt so wow. it was just thousands. You, like
1: chiseled transitions out of salt blocks yeah yeah
0: that's wild yeah so how long I, did that take to build like a quarter pipe i want to say to do the entire <laughs> thing we were out there almost two weeks okay. something like that so the first week was just stacking blocks into close to the transition that we needed and then there was a family that <clears throat> that uh, grinds salt into a powder, and then you can take that powder and add water and then turn it into like mm. a paste, which is kind of like a concrete thing, but it wasn't exactly. It, it, was, a, it was a very interesting process to do to, to work with, but I, I learned because, I mean, we're 10 miles, 15 miles out into the middle of the salt flats. Like we're, we're out in the middle of nowhere. It's like looking out into the ocean and then just being able to walk out just keep going just keep walking it was like that it was trippy um i've never seen photos and it just looked so bizarre it was it was insanely bizarre it was insanely bizarre but i mean that's that's what we do we we live in the bizarre yeah and i loved it it was great but it was just so strange in the in the moment it was one of those things where i'm in the moment and i'm like oh this kind of sucks but in a week or two when the moment is over i'm gonna look back and be so excited that I was a part of this yeah for sure so then that's and that's where i'm at now i'm living in that like i'm just excited to have been a part of it but at the time it was not fun at all because it was heavy manual labor and then uh yeah so we we kind of made it happen and we're we were out in the mill, so we didn't have power tools all i had was an axe a chisel like couple things like that A couple tape measure stuff like that and that's all we had and even for when we had to mix up the powder the, the salt powder like it was concrete or mortar uh we didn't have water and one of the guys just started to dig into the salt into the ground and i was just like what are you doing and he's like there's water under here oh, so apparently under all salt flats which i didn't know at the time which i probably should have but i didn't um, that under all salt flats, there's water. That was a oh, lake right, at one right, point right in time. Right. So all you had to dig yeah. down was if you went anywhere on the salt flats, and any any salt flat in the world, go to any salt flat. If you dig down 10 to 16 inches or so, there's perpetual water there. Oh Just wow. a like not deep, a never-ending source of water. Now, granted, it's, you're not going to want to drink it. No oh, yeah. it's salt water. Like literally like the saltiest water you could ever imagine because it's a lake that was so salty. It just eventually hardened and became that way, but it's not very far down. And it's not like a pool. It's not like you go swimming, but it'll eventually like fill up Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So like the water table in a salt flat is much less than say, digging in your backyard finding the water table. Super fascinating. It was weird. It was
1: weird. So you see any crazy animals out there? Uh, not in the
0: salt flats. I didn't see one animal, actually. I think if they got too far out there, they'd be stuck because there's yeah. nothing to eat out there. So they'd be they'd be on their own. But we were close enough to like the mountains and things like that. Now, there were animals on this one. So the last day we were there, they, uh, uh, one of our drivers or, or local tour guides, whatever he was, he's like, there's an island about an hour out into the salt flats. And I'm like, all right. So we, we went and it was one of those things where our driver, we started asking him, like, how do you know how to get there? Because like I said, it's like looking out into the ocean. You can't see anything. You can't see an hour away. It's just it all looks like a wide open ocean. All you see is the horizon. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might be able to see like giant mountains like bordering it, but you can't see the other side. It's 100. I think it's like 100 square kilometers or something. crazy. It's, it's huge. It's huge and we're like how do you know where you're going and he's and he's like you see that mountain range that you can barely it looked like a micro, like just a, a micro machine kind of like a micro machine mountain yeah. like just it looked like barely anything it was a, a mirage almost like you could barely see it he's like you see that little mountain way over there and these kind of points and I'm like not really but kind of i see something that could be a mountain it's like i aim at that for about 50 minutes and then after 50 minutes, I can usually at least see the island. And then I'll redirect. I'm like, that's how you are getting there. That's how you find this this island out in the middle of this salt flat. And sure enough, he got us there. It, we, it was about 45, 50 minutes. And we started to see this thing that kind of looked like an island. And then 10, 15 minutes later, we were there. That's wild. It was so wild. And that's probably my craziest my favorite project, just because it was so
1: bizarre and yeah, off the wall sure. and random. All three of those are interesting because I'm curious. Like, did you ever have an intention of like wanting to do something, like create something outside of like wood or metal, like when it comes to a skate park? Not really. I mean, it's one of those things. Just like anybody
0: that's creative wants to just check the boundaries. What can you? What can you do? Where yeah. can you go with this? Like like here's a direction that everyone goes in what's something and that's that's always the that's always the goal right like even yourself you're trying to find a niche that allows you to get into something that not a lot of I mean and this might just be me because I'm naive and I don't know but maybe you try to go in a direction that not a lot of people go so because so they can be hey let's have Josh come Mm -hmm. talk at our thing because he's got this perspective that no one else thinks of so I want him to talk at our event so it's very similar I think I think everyone's everyone's always trying to be as unique and creative and whatever as they can be I feel I lack a lot of creativity even though people seem to argue with me on that but I just see how creative some people are and I'm like well I'm not that but they're like well but you are this and I'm like oh all right. I do that too yeah and I'm sure you I'm, I'm sure we all do like I would like to think if we're not super narcissistic, we're, we're kind of yeah. <laughs> try to keep ourselves in check a little bit, but I mean, whatever, reality sets in and you're like, all right, well, maybe maybe I do have something, but I don't wanna be I wanna be I wanna try to pretend to be humble about yeah. this. <laughs> so but I feel we've been talking a lot about me. I kinda wanna learn about you. This is a two way conversation. I feel like that all well, I'm about just so me.
1: fascinated with just the perspective because like what you just said about people seeing things differently and doing things differently, like I think our experiences are what create like the the niche we go through. And you and I at a young age, I'm assume at a very young age, got into BMX and it was because we didn't want to follow other people doing things that we weren't interested in. Yeah. And I just talked about this the other day with someone, maybe it was you, because we just talked what, a couple of nights ago when you came yeah, over to dinner? Yeah, a couple nights something. But <clears throat> you know, being forced to learn about stuff I wasn't interested in ironically I'm in a position now where my career is educating other people and also continue to educate myself. Right, And it's just really fascinating because that perspective of like not wanting to be a part of the, you know, the herd mentality, you know, and I want to do my own thing. And I was like, BMX just kind of came into the picture. And I was like, "Oh, this is super fun! Like, right. I can express myself. I can escape any problems. I can travel." Yep. And that led me to traveling the world, and then led me. I was one of the fortunate ones we talked about that was able to make an income to sustain myself from 17 years old till what was I was like 27, 28. The last year I competed and did shows. So good, at least 10 years. Oh, um, totally. Without a high school education, or nothing more than high school education, so. Um, this is really interesting, but I think well you went to college though, didn't you? Did no, you no, no I, I dropped Greenville that of high school oh, no, no, that was Marcus and Matt Matt Troy. But I, thought,
0: I thought you followed his lead though and you <clears> kind <throat> of went no Because when Marcus I, is like hey Josh is moving down here, too I'm like whoa awesome. I guess I just assumed that you were moving down for I got college. my GED
1: like three years after I moved there Oh, Okay, yeah That's good. I no, it. I, I <laughs> Funny story about me in college I enrolled in orientation twice over about three to five years and uh-huh. then didn't go back after orientation. And then the second time, same thing, purchase books with the intention of enrolling. Or I had enrolled in and then bought books and then was like, no, this doesn't feel right. Right. And I learned more about the path I was trying to go through and I wanted to be you know, a registered dietitian. And that's because like, I was really interested in nutrition.
0: So how long has that been going on that you kind of knew that? Because I don't think I – I didn't realize you had that, that drive until you were already like well – well involved with it so
1: 2013 2016 were the the two orientation experiences for me okay but nutrition started right after um the first brain tumor diagnosis and recovery in 2010 uh, uh, and i was kind of following like rob darden's lead and okay. i talked to him and he got into nutrition and crossfit after he broke his wrist filling for end right in like 2008 i want to say I think, yeah i think 2008 it was right before 2009 And uh, then, like, I always remember, like, seeing him and Guttler and Mira, like, always talking about, like, going to the gym, protein shakes, and, like, eating different ways. And I was always fascinated by it. And um, then just never really did much with it. And then got diagnosed with a brain tumor, watched a documentary that Craig Mass actually sent me on Netflix. What
0: What was the documentary?
1: It's called Food Matters oh yeah so yeah, I haven't yeah. watched it in years so I don't even know if a lot of the things they talk about I agree with anymore but it, I would be interested to watch you I mean, I can't, to see you I've said that again. three times in the last year can we do a
0: podcast where we we, <laughs> we live where, where we we obviously can't show the documentary but we record you talking about what they're saying on the show that would be really interesting I'll have to do that. I've always thought about doing stuff like that because I'm a goofball and I'm a, I'm a terrible comedian but I try to be a stand-up comedian and do that stuff but I I have always thought it would be so fun to do like a goofy version of Science Theater 2000 or Mystery Science Theater 3000. You know what I'm talking about? No. So it's a show that I mean, it was on TV a long time ago, where they watch old movies and just kind of sit there and make fun of them oh. the whole time. And I'm just like, "That's a great." To so be like a response video. That's to a, a great podcast idea. Just watching yeah. some of these ridiculous old movies, like. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, or like Beetlejuice, or or just something, some goofy old movies, and recording, not the movie, but recording our version of it, and that's just making fun of it, or or being like, I mean, there's no way you can make fun of Bill and Ted, because those movies are perfect, it doesn't get any better than that, I saw they're making a new one, there's a new Bill and Ted movie coming out,
1: I don't think I've ever seen it, or heard of it, get the hell out of here, is there just one,
0: (laughs) you're fired, (laughs) It was not even higher. Now it's just... higher. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: no, all right. Uh, Is it on Netflix? I don't know. I don't know. It's well, I I, do it's just music. one of those movies from my from my childhood that will forever bring me right back. I want childhood. to say I've heard of it. I just don't think I've watched it. Right. Okay. Well, fair enough. I guess. And that's another thing. I forget that. We, even though we, I'm a kid at heart and I like to think of my, my maturity level as not being very high, so we have probably <laughs> a similar maturity level, or you're probably far, leaps and bounds ahead of mine, but I feel I always forget how old I am and how old other people how old are. You? <laughs> I don't want to, th- no, I'm just kidding. 38? 38? Are
1: you like, Almost 39? You're like seven, eight years old. Yeah, I don't not,
0: that, big, not a big deal. I, not... I, I, I kind <laughs> of go down that road just because it's. For Comedic effect, yeah. I like it. <laughs> it's funnier to joke about. Well, it's it.
1: interesting with even though that's a short amount of time in terms of like a gap, it's a whole generation two generations. of movies or music, oh, totally. or sports, that's or everything, yeah, even fashion. I mean, that's what daily, yeah. I um, don't have like fashion, that. so that's not an issue. <laughs> hey, what's up with that hole in your shirt?
0: Oh, you had to bring it up. <laughs> We're not on the podcast, all these people could think I'm very dapper and wearing my suit. You had to bring up this hole in my shirt. Yeah, this is how you You should do that. I do. I have a a, a suit, t-shirt, a t-shirt suit, (laughs) (laughs) a tuxedo t-shirt. Yeah. So I have a hole in my shirt, and I'm not sure if it's from welding in it. And uh, that's a cool story. I should go with that. All right, we'll say that one. I think it's a lot better than what I actually think happened is this is an old shirt and I'm pale, so I always have to wear sun shirts when I'm working outside. And I think I leaned up against a sheet of plywood and as, the, as I was going to pull away from the sheet of plywood, I, apparently my shirt got caught on the other side and it just ripped it a little bit. I think That's what actually happened, but we'll say I like the welding story. Yeah, we'll say I was saving a fire. Saving, I was saving a child from a burning building, and this is one of the embers that got me when from the building. It's a noble act. Thanks, I appreciate that. See, no one's really brought it up lately, and I kind of was getting a little down on myself, but thanks for bringing it up and it make me feel better about myself. So. Yeah,
1: just trying. Yeah, yeah, so anyway, but that'd be an interesting idea though to watch that old film because that literally. That that's what got film you Changed my perspective on all the things I've been told over the years of like eating "quote unquote" healthier and right. not drinking soda two liter a day every day, or mm-hmm. you know all the other terrible things I was doing. And it was Craig that sent it to me, and he was like, "Man, I know you've been watching documentaries, and like thought you'd like this." Totally, I was like, "All right, cool." You know I was on a documentary kick and uh yeah I just there was this light bulb moment it just you know what they said how it correlated your health how it directly impacted how you're feeling and thinking and I was just like oh wow and then I started making changes then two years later I got diagnosed with two more brain tumors from the original surgery because of the complications mm. they couldn't you know get all the cells because it was wrapped around my artery my optic nerve mm. and then that was another moment where I was like oh how can I prevent this from, from happening again? Right. And then that's what got me more involved. Yep. And then it was 2014, I enrolled in a health coaching certification program. I was in like this weird mindset of like, I started learning so much and I was like, this is all making sense. And I became passionate about sharing it, but I wasn't learning the mechanisms Mm. to when people would challenge me like, oh, I heard this or how does that work? Maybe, maybe just genuinely asking. And I, you know, I took offense to it because I was insecure Mm. and I was like, shit, I don't know how to answer this. Right. And so that health coaching program was a year long program. And, uh, it just, for me, it was like, the intention was I'm going to learn, how all this stuff makes sense. I'm right. not gonna be on Google going all over the world and right. down this hole and vitamins are good, no vitamins are bad, no chicken's good, no chicken. like all these things. Right. And the first weekend, the uh, the founder was like, hey, welcome, you know, uh, did a welcome, you know, talk. And then was like, yeah, we're here to teach you how to think, not what to think. So we're gonna throw everything we can at you, mm-hmm. conflicting, and I just instantly get pissed off. <laughs> yeah. And But then going through that program, it uh, it allowed me to be introduced to a lot of people that advocate for the, the route I've taken in the research and human health and performance. So it was like another great decision I made that was almost it entirely sparked from fear and insecurity. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I started getting even more passionate about it and thinking like, oh, like you mentioned, like how you transitioned to building full time. I was like, well, this, I, mean, I know I can't do this forever. I have nothing lined up right now. I'm not passionate about anything else other than BMX and nutrition, human biology, So this could be something. And then I didn't use it for three and a half, four years once I graduated and got the certification because of a third brain tumor diagnosis. Uh, And then that just like was the moment when I was coming off of FEES 2016. It was like my best year competing ever, which was coming off of an ACL surgery. I had two months to prepare and I did so well that ended up top 10 and I was like, this is sick. Like I'm, you know, focus and um, then the third diagnosis and that was after Eastern had let me go mid ACL recovery. And I was just like that, then that. And then I had a nutrition sponsor that had dropped the athlete program. And I was just like, there's gotta be something more than just BMX. What is all this for? And then that's what sparked my Hmm. wanting to still ride. I rode still rode full time for like up until this January, you know, every day, but I was redirecting my intentions career wise. And, um, it's where we led that's led to today. Yeah, that's
0: beautiful. I think going back real quick, if I can uh, uh, go back to something that you said a little bit earlier about you getting bummed out about people challenging you with ideas that you weren't able to have answer you weren't you didn't have answers for, and I think. All those things because I used to do I used to take some uh, sales classes sale like sales lectures and things like that and I was doing sales for a long time for a little while well for a little while a long time ago uh, but I was doing sales and getting really into that um, because it was something I was good at doing sales and things so I just kind of same thing I wanted to learn more about this that and the other and just know hearing what you went through like having an answer or not having an answer to somebody challenging you on something, those are all just tools for your toolbox. Like every time somebody challenges you and you don't have an answer, you go look up the real answer. And then next time somebody answers yep. or questions you about that, you have that answer locked and loaded in the in the barrel, like ready in a chamber, ready to go. So every time somebody asks, so I was the same way when somebody would ask me something about whatever I was selling at the time, and I didn't have an answer, I would, as professionally as I could, I'd just say, I'll, I'll get back to you, I'll find that out immediately, and I'll get back to you and, and let you know what I find out. Mm-hmm. And then I would do that, so the client would be happy, but it would also give me, give me ammo, give me, give me those tools to be able to kind of spin things and, and know more answers, because every time, I mean, not everything is, like we said, black and white. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of gray, so if somebody's asking you something about the gray, and you're trying to make a sale. I mean, the same thing as you're trying to do. You're trying to. You're trying to. At the time, you were trying to at least preach your message. Whether or not you knew a hundred percent, you were still learning. I mean, we're all still learning all yeah. the time, every you're day. All... You, you. You don't think
1: you're learning, not learning anymore? Then right. Yeah, something coming. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean myself of course i've learned everything i know everything so i'm done yeah. but i mean most people uh, <laughs> but i mean that's. i mean we're all learning about everything and and that's what that's how you grow is you learn i mean that's i mean obviously when you're little and you're growing you're literally getting bigger your body's getting bigger but once you become an adult and you, your body stops growing all you can do is grow your mind and, yeah i guess your stomach and your muscles yeah. but <laughs> um, but i mean uh that's, that's how you grow. That's how you become an adult. It's it's one of those things. Just like I said a little earlier, it's, it's not, it's not how, you're, how you take it. It's, you get out of life what you put into it and it's the challenges that you're given. It's how you get out of those challenges that makes you an adult and kind of turns into who you want to be, who you're meant to be, who you should be, what, however you want to.
1: Yeah, it, no, hundred percent. Right? I mean, that's that's the perspective I have now. Um, in the moment, I've realized now that I was yeah. in a, I want to say like a fearful state, and because what the information was doing for me and why I was sharing it and the attachment I had based on the experiences of going through the brain tumors and mm-hmm. surgeries. I thought I turned that off. I'm so sorry. <sighs> oh no, I'm so sorry. Not you're turning it off. But I think that's what like the insecurity popped out because I was so emotionally charged on that and then I was being challenged whether it was like a genuine question or not I took offense to it but it was really me being upset at myself and like I wasn't even selling anything back then I wasn't even like I didn't even like have a business I wasn't coaching people I wasn't training people I wasn't I was just sharing right and that's what I think there was so many emotions but you know leading to today whole different perspective but i also just realized about two weeks ago um that i had like this addiction of knowledge stemming from my childhood going through that event and other events where i was like always needing to learn more and yeah. like never feeling confident in what i already know and i already know i know more than a lot of people do in mm-hmm. this topic that i'm passionate about and so i hired on an nlp coach you know what nlp is
0: uh i i mean i could be goofy and come up with some strange analogy <laughs> or what
1: neuro linguistic programming okay so like you know tony robbins yeah it's like a lot of stuff that he uses to like coach people in business and life mm-hmm. and all that and so I've just been going through a lot of my own journey and learning and educating myself and then I came to a point where I met this person, her name's Kara and I hired her on and she recently just doing a lot of deep reflection, a lot of work that people are resistant to for many reasons, mainly your ego trying to protect you right. from discovering it, right. she was like, yeah, you have an addiction to knowledge like educating yourself. And I was like, she's like, go journal about that shit. Let me tell me when, uh, where that started and where it came from. And I was like, did she really
0: say that? Yeah.
1: Like, well not, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of like, I mean, her and I vibe, that's like kind of her tone, you know, like she's, she's awesome. But like, I was like, Oh yeah. Like I see like where all this started from and how it snowballed. And, um, yeah. But now I'm like, like you said, like if I don't know something, there's no ego, yeah. to a sense like there's no like like in protection mode mm-hmm. you know because I'm sharing my truth and that's right. something I you know I don't like the word preach but that's something I share a lot is like yeah. hey I'm not a doctor I'm not a professional you know but like I know what I'm talking about right. this is my experience this is my truth I've helped a lot of people totally you know, so uh, and just, I get
0: that and it's it's very clear that you are very passionate about it because even yeah. when I was here the other night like we were talking about ketones and and and, and stuff like that and just listening to you talk, I'm like, "Yep, he he loves this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> he loves it." And I and I think that's great. I think that's awesome. I mean, anytime you can uh, nerd out about your thing, like everyone's got their oh, thing. Yeah. So whenever you have the opportunity to nerd out and, and be just go off on your tangent and be around people that you feel comfortable going off on your, yeah. your thing, and I and I love it. And I I think that's great. I think that's awesome. I was like, well, I think that's that's beautiful. That he found his thing. That's
1: awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. So I'm stoked it's, for it's, you. It's cool because it's like what you said, like BMX was like the catalyst to where we are now. Like, yeah, like you know, had you not gotten to BMX, maybe you wouldn't have met Kelly, you wouldn't have children, maybe you wouldn't have oh, Things like that. And I think about that all the time. And that's something Jackie and I have talked a lot about with just like, you know, her path with competitive Taekwondo and like traveling the world, me traveling the world at the same time and then like different events. And then we met in Holly Springs when Daniel opened up, the park there, and she started working there with Trish. And it was like, man, like, had we made some different choices on the way, we wouldn't have met. Um, but it's cool because BMX was something I just was really passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first landed tail Tailwhip, I was trying for like months to years or whatever, but then specifically, like, weeks of just going to the park and fly out, like, just jumping out, trying to tailwhip. And I remember the first night I landed one, I was so stoked. And then I was like, I don't even care if I never do another tailwhip again. Like that yep. was just so cool. And then like tailwhips kind of became part of like my style of riding, and, like yep. inventing some tricks with tailwhips. Mm-hmm. But then through different events, BMX led me to opening my mind to other things like nutrition. Yeah, and then that led me to blowing up my knee. Let or that didn't leave me blowing up my knee. I blew up my knee. Yeah, that led me to learning about physical fitness. Yep. beyond just sport and then started sharing interviews and then I was like oh there's something to me sharing my perspective which is weird that people want to know about my life and like what I've gone through but like curious about what I think right about even things that don't even pertain to my life totally and then now I'm like on stage speaking and being paid to do it and it's just really interesting to see it's but, trippy yeah do you ever find yourself
0: on stage when you're on stage do you ever like, I mean, obviously you're going through your spiel, you're, you're doing your speech, you're talking, but in the middle of that, looking out in the crowd, do you ever think to yourself, this is crazy that I'm right here?
1: No, but right at the beginning when I'm walking out and then when I'm done and like walking people start back. clapping and I'm like, oh shit. But like, you know, you get into that state, like of flow, a just, flow or you're just in it. Oh, that's and, totally, like, that's a real thing. It's just, yeah. It's like when I'd compete, you know, I, no matter if I just went to the bathroom or not before when my name's called, a I always, got to pee and then like but then when it's like time to drop in as soon as i hear that song that i picked which was a really cool thing back then like pick your song and then like as soon as i drop in like everything just blurs out right and then the 60 seconds which is the longest 60 seconds of your life is Mm. up and then you're like oh all right i just i just did some stuff i mean maybe you fell maybe you had a different experience but yeah when you're just locked in you don't hear anything even the song you picked you know you're in that flow state yeah that's it yeah i have had
0: that a lot when i'm when i'm riding because people will say what song do you want to ride?" and i was like i really don't care because
1: i don't hear it i only I, picked it because of the beginning so the, you can know the beginning. the beginning like hyped me up and then i always timed it i don't know if you ever uh, remember but like i always picked this song that sean sexton used in a what was video. your song it was um a band called witch oh and, yeah I know. and right. um, i forget the song but it had this like build up uh-huh. and then as soon as the drums kicked in that's when I would double tail up off the wall ride and I'd time it to when it kicked in. I don't know how I did this, but like I'd always time it and then that just fired me up because I knew if I pulled the double tail up off the wall You're to start, good. whatever I wanted to do after didn't matter and I, you know, would would do it. You know? Yeah. Um, but that was the only reason I like, because I, I didn't hear it out otherwise. It was just like to get in.
0: Right. Yeah, that's perfect. See, like when I ride, I'm kind of the same way. I, I get in that flow state real easy or whatever for the most part. But uh, so I don't hear anything in... I mean, granted, I don't hear anything, but I'm always, I can see everything, but I, at the same time, I'm very
1: focused. So I'm very focused. It's like focused. you're super focused, but you're like narrowed focus into what is in front of you what you're doing. For like sure. Like, where like, other ramps are. For sure. But at the same time, if you're in a crowded
0: skate park, I always have to watch everyone yeah. else. So it's like... I ha- I can watch everyone through my peripherals, but my focus is right here. Do you
1: think that would would uh, be different if you weren't riding? Like if you hadn't gotten to BMX? It's hard to say. I mean, I don't. I honestly
0: don't know what I would do if I didn't ride BMX. I feel like I always ask myself. I always like try to think about it, but there's really no way to know. I went to school for machining. But I got out of that really quick, and but I only went to school for machining because my buddy that I rode with got me into that school, and and this and that, and it's just like I don't, I really don't know. But wait, you were riding through that time. I was riding at the time, and I went to school for machining because he's like, oh, you can come make your own pegs. It's, uh, and I'm like, while you're learning how to machine, you can make your own pegs, and I'm like. Done. I can make my own pegs at school. What else do I need to do in life? So, it was very. Um, I was very. I was thinking very right here, right now. I wasn't think. I mean, that's kids. Whatever. I was a kid. Like p- kids don't think long term. Yeah. So I was just. I was in that mindset. So I went to that school because I was riding and I was thinking of pegs. So who knows where I would have been if pegs weren't an issue? I mean. So yeah, it's it's hard to say where I would be and I I don't even I don't even know where where to start the rabbit hole like I can I can tell if I didn't do this this wouldn't happen and all these events so I mean that's and that's life I mean we all can kind of I mean, how how deep down the rabbit hole you can get. Like, if I didn't buy this phone case, would
1: my phone be be cracked right now? It's the butterfly effect. It's the butterfly effect. So Where Where I was going with that, though, was like two different things. Like, when I think of someone that's an athlete that has done something at any level of, you know, sports performance, death perception, Mm -hmm. and the ability to get up and try again, figuratively or literally speaking. Oh, yeah. I think those two things lack in people that don't do something that's physically demanding oh, it could sure. be an instrument it could be a sport or something mm-hmm. um and I, I see that all the time i always wonder i'm like when i see someone with four feet in front of them and they're doing like eight you know back and forth turns to get out of a parking space yeah i'm like can they not like uh, just average age per not average but like you know younger but not an older person yeah. like can they not see that like they have that much space or like just things like that um, I don't know it's, it's just super interesting but I like I always think of that I'm just like I wonder like what my like view of the world would be we talked about like seeing things yeah. in nature or in cities that you could ride mm-hmm. I was like I wonder like how my mind would be shaped differently
0: there's there's really no telling I yeah. mean it's, it's hard to say but going back to what I, I don't know how I got off on that tangent earlier but I was I was starting to say when when I asked you about if you ever think of this is crazy in that moment when I ride I'm very focused Mm -hmm. but when I'm doing shows like announcing a contest or doing a stand-up comedy thing or, or whatever I can be up there even though I'm going through my routine or doing my thing speaking whatever I'm very much like every now and then I'll be like wow I can't believe I'm here or I'll just take a second to enjoy it. even though my my speech is still going yeah. and I'm still going. But maybe that's that's another – I don't know if it's a talent or a curse just that I can talk just nonstop. Like if you just gave me this – put this microphone right in front of me right now. And even just the other day, I was recording a podcast, just like an intro to a podcast. And I was like, I wonder how, how much time I could waste. Just real quick, out of nowhere, how much time
1: can I go right now? just nobody around me I've been doing that with like my, my solo podcast and oh I'll yeah just, I have an idea and then I'm like oh shit, I want that to be five minutes and that was 22 minutes 70 the other day right that's just when you're feeling it like you have right. something you're in the zone and like when your' your your voice isn't suppressed right so many people are insecure of speaking their truth because they don't want someone else to be offended for sure or judge them and I can I can certainly feel that because in
0: this day and age everyone's everyone's offended
1: and everyone Oh yeah, will judge. that's why I love stand up. Like right. I probably love. I gravitate towards like Rogan and Bill Burr oh, yeah. and like Dave Chappelle, like the people that like are the great but like they don't hold back. Like No. They're you know, going all in. They they just they they go after the offensive things. They make a point like you came to a comedy show. Like, yeah. This is yeah. on you. I love it. If you know? you're if you're going to get like challenged myself because right. I hear them talk about nutrition things. I know they know. Especially Rogan, who's super nutrition. He has all the leading experts come on there. They'll say some dumb shit about it that'll rub me the wrong way. And I'm like, ooh, i got to work on that. Like, yeah. that, that shouldn't have done that. And right. I'd love that.
0: Right. Yeah. It's So it's fun. But, I mean, I feel for myself it's, it's good to just stay in the moment. Like, yeah. at least enjoy the moment every now and then. I feel with technology and social media and all that stuff. And I, I catch myself doing that more and more recently is – I was at the skate park the other day building and there were these two hawks that were like – I don't know if they were hawks, eagles, whatever. Whatever. I'm not – I'm not – There some they were, they were some
1: birds. There were some dinosaurs floating they were, around. There were
0: special birds. <laughs> they were cool-looking birds. And they were like fighting or like dive-bombing into this tree. I don't know what they were doing. I don't know if they were fighting or if they were playing or whatever. But they were doing this thing. And I was like, oh, I should go get my phone because it's so crazy. I've never seen anything like that before. And I was like, you know what? Nah, I'm just going to sit here and enjoy it. This is this one's for me and it's I try to I'm starting to try to do that more often to where the phone I feel is so much of a distraction that I mean people say the phone is so helpful and it is it, it is very helpful for some things I wouldn't have been able to find where you live without it and GPS but there are some things where it's just such a big distraction I'm like man I kind of miss it the old way like I remember I used to have to remember all of my friends phone numbers yeah yep. all of them like off the top of my head i remember all the phone numbers okay got it where do they live i know their address okay i I know how to get there how do you get there let me write down these directions do you remember the last time you ever wrote directions for somebody no nope. probably not in a hundred years and we had to use our brains remember that thing remember that old thing that we used to use back in the day our brains you probably know you probably remember your brain yeah. i'm sure you've you've seen it in real life you've seen a picture of your own brain probably but oh, I, I, I don't know if you have. I wonder if they have silly.
1: video of it because I've seen the inside of my knee after knee surgery.
0: I have that. I have yeah. one of those. But I, was, I mean, obviously, I was just being silly. But at uh, the same I, time, it's just made me think. Well, if you we find it, that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be cool. Let me know. I'd love to see your brain. But it's just like I feel the the phone is great for some things and detrimental for others. Have you ever looked into
1: like the dopamine response and like one hundred percent, But then there's also the part of the brain that like we take in. I think it's two hundred billion bits of information every second and the brain distorts delegates and right. organizes it into 126. So when we're going through something like a phone taking over, right. like putting in, you know, a phone number, you just click the name. Right. The less important information for survival based on your subconscious goes away. It just it's there somewhere, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of gone away. And an example of this that was brought up was like you think of like your your phone password or like if you have a code into something and like You just don't even think about it. You just go and do it out of habit. It's in there, but it's like so physical now. Mm -hmm. But it's like almost the opposite way with phones because some people try to make that argument like we're getting dumber. And it's like, maybe we're not. We're just the brain literally does this every day. It prioritizes certain bits of information based on survival. Mm -hmm. And so when you don't, and you like you subconsciously know, you don't need to know a phone number. I mean, I still know like my mom's phone number. But my dad changed his. And I don't know. His I barely.
0: Name. I, I remember my wife's phone number. Just. I just started remembering Jackie's. Hers store. is super
1: complicated though. It's got fives and sixes and super. Don't get t- we're
0: recording this. Don't yeah, get too I'm crazy. not gonna say her
1: phone number, but it's just like a lot of the same number in different in a similar sequence and then flipped. But like, I just remembered hers recently, and I was like, I should probably know remember that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's super super fascinating. I've been trying to do that too with, um, you know, social media is like a big part of my business today. Mm-hmm. I'm and the same I, way. It's so weird to say that, but it's marketing now. It's no longer newspaper, magazines, magazines. yeah. And so communication is huge, but then at the same time, I go to do something, I, I've caught myself, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go check this DM. I saw a notification for DM. It's the only notifications I have. It's like, all right, cool. And then I, all of a sudden I'm just like swiping and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I forgot yeah. what I'm here for. Oh yeah, DM. And it's just right. like super aggravating. I get I get caught
0: up in that rabbit hole as well, and I'm just like, goodness, I need to, <laughs> like on my phone, I I got rid of Facebook and everything, just because I kept Instagram, just because I post same thing like you said, everything that I do when I post it through Skidmarker or, or my my personal page, mm-hmm. I just upload it from Instagram. It goes straight to Twitter and and Facebook. Oh, yeah. So it automatically gets to all those, but I feel the less distractions I can have on my phone are are the better for me. Now, don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, if, if if I'm winding down, and I know we were talking about watching TV and stuff, I'm I'm a full advocate of like sitting down after a long day. All the work is done. I don't need to think anymore. I don't. I like being
1: able to just sit down, melt into my couch. Self awareness, you know, it's like you need get to, to enjoy day. time a and you get to bit. a trance state watching the television that's yeah. like a weird interesting thing that your mind just zones out into and sometimes it's not even the watching television i'll be the
0: television will be on and i'll be doing something on my computer and the television is just background noise whether it's a comedy show or a tv show or whatever but it's just like sitting there just zoning out i think it's good to like let your let your body do that and now. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, I don't know, maybe it's not good for you at all, and I just enjoy it, but the dopamine thing is kicking in, and I'm just enjoying just sitting there, chilling out, doing nothing for half hour,
1: hour, whatever it is, at the end of the
0: day, right before bed.
1: I've been getting into a lot of, like, just having music on. Yes, yeah. Like, just whatever I'm doing, like, I've been, like, listening to instrumental, like, there's this uh, playlist on Spotify that Jackie introduced me to called Cello Covers. so it's, like, a cello That's a doing longer. covers of a ton of different genres of music and famous songs two cellos playing thunderstruck is one of my favorite things. <laughs> it's well they have like the star wars theme song on there too oh, I'm sure, it's, it's super interesting <laughs> but then like smooth jazz you know coffee table jazz is another channel and just like having I, I've learned that like just having something on like I just like hearing things yeah and um just allows me to focus oh yeah that's what i learned about my brain like i think every bmx rider deals with like adhd issues and like just like oh squirrel brain but it's like having distraction calms me down Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i
0: get it i think uh i think there's there's got to be a good balance between all that stuff between having the distractions and who knows maybe maybe that's what helps us concentrate in other ways is because we let ourselves get distracted here, but we know we have to pay attention and focus here. So if this is ever on, this is what I concentrate on. But if I'm allowing myself to fo- to zone out, then this is the time. So if you give yourself those little bit of time, little bits of time to zone out, like reward yourself with a little bit of time at the end of the day or whatever, however, yeah. whatever your wake up routine is in the morning like you allow yourself a little surprise, a little present of of okay this is you you work hard all day now you get to just chill out relax yeah. have a glass of wine have a, have a beer whatever your vice is whatever you want to do then i think i think it's good i mean just i mean as nice as it is to be as healthy as you can as be as like good and strict with your diet as you can i mean Granted, I'm a human. I mean, maybe my idea isn't the right way, but I feel it's necessary to treat yourself to well health right isn't
1: just food health is stress regulation as everything
0: well. i and I, <laughs> I agree with that completely. <laughs> that's
1: something i've had to learn over the years like because i got into nutrition first and that was the first thing i understood about human right. health right. and performance right and then it was like oh no, there's exercise too and then it's like oh there's like the mind as well it's all included. and really all these things you're trying to do in your life to be healthy is regulate stress response in your body mm-hmm. and so if you're too rigid with like refraining from certain things and just having something here and there like I mean, unless there's the obvious examples of, like, people with cancer or epilepsy, like, they can't do certain things right. unless they want to suffer. Right. It's, that's self-awareness. That's understanding. But then there's other avenues. But, yeah, like you said, like, it's um, – I, I struggled with that for a while when I first got into the space. Guilty pleasures. And then, yeah, learning. It's like that you need that. Like, You're allowed. You're yeah. allowed. And, I mean,
0: everyone – and everyone's – you, you get you get out of life what you want to, but I feel I'm only here. intention
1: on this. is huge too. Totally. If you go into trying to be so strict on something with the intention that it's going to suck, right there you've already elicited a stress, stress response. And, right. You know, it may not be what you want. Exactly. <laughs> you may feel guilty after.
0: You're,
1: man, sorry, but
0: yeah, there's uh, you definitely might feel guilty, but that's kind of like you get out of life what you put into it. So I mean. It's a it's a life is a beautiful thing. I'm I'm only here this one time. So as far as I know, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> who knows what happens afterwards? No one knows what happens. That's that's the whole thing. That's yeah. the whole thing. Everyone's got their speculations of what happens afterwards. But as far as I know, I'm here this one time. So I'm not saying I'm going to go off the rails and just eat hamburgers all day every day. But I mean, I do enjoy a good hamburger. So every now and then I'm going to indulge. So it's hard, it's hard for me. I mean, granted, I try to be as as um, thoughtful for my nutrition as I can be. But like we had the conversation the other day, I don't really know a whole lot. So I think someone like you being able to, I don't, I don't know, just inspire me a little bit.
1: Really, it's the intention. Smarter. Like, what? Like, I do this with my clients. It's like, well, what do you want? Right. What do you want to get rid of? Like, right. what are you chasing, or what are you running away from? Like, right. Because that's going to determine like what you, you know, the path you're going to take. Totally. But then also, if you're not tracking certain metrics to see, like, get the data. Like, I'm a big, big believer of data. Mm-hmm. You know, maps only as good as you know where you are on it. Totally. So it's like it's all these pieces. You know, like yep. what I do has nothing to do with you unless right. you want to experience a little bit. of But why? You right. Know? So that's but like you have an intention of trying to be more mindful. And mm-hmm. I know you said Kelly's helped with that as well. Like mm-hmm. I mean that's that's better than the majority of the population in oh, any aspect of life they're all, all all on autopilot for the most part. Yeah,
0: I'm not saying I'm going all in and just eating handfuls of sugar all day every day, but I mean I'd be lying if I said I didn't indulge a little bit here and there but, but I think if you can moderate it then I don't I mean everything is good in moderation. So they say. Yeah. But there's a lot of things that I could argue that aren't good in any moderation. This at all. is true.
1: This is true. So I, I mean, actually despise that phrase. Brandon says that phrase all the time. Everything's good in moderation. And I'm like, you, you can't measure that though. You like, can't. Not I at all. hate things you can't measure because people hide behind like lifestyle. Yeah. That is turning into one of those things now. Let people hide behind. And it's just like, dude, just live your life. But like, right. don't say it's a part of my lifestyle to justify your guilt and shame of doing something that you think you shouldn't that leads you to saying that right just be a human just be a human (laughs) just be
0: just be one of us whatever that version of you is just live that version if you i don't know i mean maybe it's a bad way to put it maybe if you however you identify what just we're all humans we're all humans just identify as being a human like whatever and I, i know some people just they they grew up with that hate in their soul and that 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 anger in their heart. And I don't think I ever had that. Oh, that guy's doing a skid down the road. See, that's beautiful. It's raining outside. <laughs> I saw him come by and <laughs> there's just some random dude passing by the window doing a giant skid down the road. And I'm like, that is beautiful. See that guy. He gets doing it. it. He gets it. So, I mean, so like Chris Delia
1: saying life rips, <laughs> life rips.
0: <laughs> there. And there it is. Life rips. It does rip. So, I mean, I, I'm a very avid believer of, I mean I said it a couple times here already, you get out of it, what you put into it, but I don't see if you're if you're going through life finding a way to be angry at somebody else for something petty. I mean, what what's that getting you? That's not getting you anything. I mean, if if people are gonna be mad because some people want to live their life some way, I mean what's the point? What's the point? What's that getting you? Just live and let live.
1: Do your thing. It's a question I like that I've been presented with over the years is for what purpose? For what purpose? For what purpose? Is that like just a general if you, question? If you do something, if you react to something, when you're reflecting, mostly when you're like self-reflecting okay. on something, like for what purpose did I respond that way? Or for what purpose did I do that? Oh, okay. Or for what purpose do I want to do that? Because it opens your mind to thinking instead of just shutting down and reacting. I like that. And um, it's like the phrase, like, I can't. Mm-hmm. Rather than like, what would it take? Or how can I? Like, it's just like, I can't solidify, shut your brain off. Right. But saying, yeah, what would it take to build a ramp? Right. right. Like, yeah. you start you start thinking. You start accessing part of your brain that you didn't think. You know, well, anything's you possible. Yeah.
0: I mean, I... I there are a lot of things, like Google's filled with all kinds of information. YouTube's full of yeah. all kinds of information. Learned a lot from YouTube. Oh, for sure. We all have. <laughs> I mean, I can't say I knew how to change a dishwasher spark plug
1: before I knew how to look I at it. I learned Google. how to change my home there from YouTube.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, there you cool. go. Worked out. See, I learned I had an alternator on
1: YouTube. (laughs) There you go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's down by the uh, rotary girders and the uh, muffler joints. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, there you go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds familiar.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the Meyerhoff lifters up in the, uh, the, the rotary intake valve manifold. Sounds about right. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. So this came up again, so I need to ask you. Okay. But I was trying to figure out, I think we talked about this earlier, like before we started, you know, Recording. But do you remember when we first met? When you and I first met? Yeah. Was it Woodward when I was there for the uh, PlayStation hookup tour? When I was like 16 or 17? 16.
0: I don't know if that would have been we, when we first met. I want to say we crossed paths maybe either at the Barnesville or Hyannis Skate Park or... At Rye. Or at Cabral's Ramp. Did you ever ride no, Cabral's No, I ramp?
1: never rode his ramp. Oh, okay. Uh, I always wanted to. Okay. And then... He started riding again right before I moved away from the Cape. Oh, really? Um, and I think they redid it or something. They were in the process of redoing it, and mm-hmm. then I moved to Greenville. Oh, okay. And then I never wrote it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would have to assume it would either be one of those places. Maybe Taunton? Maybe Taunton. Because are you
1: originally from like the New England area of Massachusetts? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So
0: I guess, uh, I mean, I was kind of an all-over kid, I guess. Born in New Jersey. Then at one, moved oh, you were to,
1: born in Jersey and you moved to Mass. Well, I moved to
0: Connecticut. Oh, I was okay. in Connecticut until I was about thirteen, in a town called Groton, which is uh, the sub no, it's Groton or New London. I think Groton is the submarine capital of the world. So it's where a majority of submarines were built back then. I don't think they are. I don't. I, don't, I say I, I started that sentence by saying I don't think. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I know nothing about submarines, but. Uh, and then after that, uh, my we ended up moving up to, to Massachusetts uh, in a town called Rockland, which is 20 minutes south of Boston, right outside of Braintree. And then uh, you guys were only an hour south yeah. down the Cape on like Route southeast, 3. Yeah. Something like that, southeast on the Cape. So I knew, I knew Marcus because he rode at Cabral's a couple times. And I met him there. And then... Obviously, he started to kind of go on and do his thing, and then I met him when I met him there. But obviously, I was kind of kind of living in Greenville off and on, so mm-hmm. obviously we became a little bit better acquainted. And then I'm trying to think. I know we. I want to say we met at one of the Rye contests, maybe. And now that
1: I'm thinking of it, it had to have been that or one of the Taunton skate park contests, and then because i think we already knew each other when i went to woodward because i remember we filmed that whip to ice pick faking on that quarter that's right and that was a trick i like Mor- morgan and dan sieg inspired me to learn that trick and i just went crazy trying to do it on everything yeah i am sure. And I did a whip to foof on cloud nine's sub in front of morgan on accident uh-huh. <laughs> oh I was really super stoked yeah i went to whip ice it and i didn't turn enough and i was like held on and just popped back off um but uh did you ever ride with like biz and jerry bagley and all that yeah. because i always missed them when they went to um, maybe i wasn't riding barnstable at that point or the highest skate park i never rode with them at that skate park oh, okay. because I, I, I always remember. heard about things they would do oh okay and then i heard about mark you know doing things as well but i think what he went to three from the big bowl to the little bowl oh and yeah put his foot out and broke his own that's when like he kind of stopped riding because i think he was also becoming a police officer at the time so I never got to ride with him, like, oh, back in his prime. Right. And then when he started getting back into it, we started all carpooling to Taunton before I moved to Greenville. Gotcha. But I was always curious. I was just thinking about that since you came over the other night. I was like, when did John and I first meet? Because I remember Woodward. But I don't remember, like, any vivid moments at any of the Rye or Taunton Park or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I don't
0: know. Did you ever go to that contest at Taunton that I put on? Uh, I only put on one contest. Um, oh, no, no. I don't know if you would have been around for there, but... Yeah, it's, I guess it's hard to. It's hard to really pinpoint where you met somebody unless it really stood out. Like yeah, if yeah, We just cross paths or just met on a deck, and we're like, "Oh, hey, what's happening?" kind of thing. But I would have to assume it was through Marcus or something. Yeah. Or a session at Rye or something. I would have to assume. I guess. I don't. I don't know. But yeah, and then once you moved, once you moved to Greenville, and I was there more or less and, and uh i'd have to assume that's what cemented it i guess for for the two of us we got to know each other a little bit better
1: yeah i think my first trip there was with brandon in 2006 we took a 30-hour bus ride from boston all the way i to i was there and that, we slept at terrell's house on the floor oh terrell's floor <laughs> and then i went back a couple months later for the Haro contest. Oh, okay. So like I got picked as one of the top 10 for that. That's right. And then... How was that? That was phenomenal. That was that seemed a really like it was so cool, cool. cool experience. That was like a reality show thing, like before vlogs became a thing, like right. Vital was putting those out. And I actually found a couple that are still online. I was showing Jackie, um, but this is really cool to see. Like I was like 17, I was like super shy and yeah. like just wanted to ride. Right. And I had like a shitty bike that was like all pieced together. I think that's why Tony D offered me like a, a flow spot on Haro, <laughs> my bike. That was like the joke of everyone, like my bike was so terrible, but I could ride it. Could be. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was cool. Cause I, you know, I always looked up to Nyquist, Dart and Colin and you know, Marcus, you know, um, was out there and I was seeing him ride with all these dudes. And I was like, oh man, like I got picked to come out and you know, I, I, I want to ride like these guys. I look like, you know, look up to them and then to, that's where I met like Feedy Steve Woodward right Anthony Watson you know J.J. Palmier like I met like all of these um, J.J. was there too yeah he got picked yeah dang and we had talked that. back on MySpace back then because we both you know were representing staff mail order right and so then we finally met there and then um, and who else was, there was a Bunch of different dudes on there, it was tough, but yeah, Matt Sparks was the first time I met him in person. That was wild. Lewis I'm so Cannon. glad some of those videos are online. Him trying to like alley-oop hand plant across the uh, wall over the spine, or like downside hand plant the wall, like the wall or the uh, vert wall before the box. And just such a wild dude, but just the nicest person. Oh, yeah, like it great. was just so such a weird dynamic. Like, you would oh, think yeah. someone like that is like burly and crazy and out of their mind, and maybe he was creative with his mind, but like right. super reserved and like yeah. positive and like so it was just really cool but yeah that event that that whole thing it was like I think it was like three days long and they just flew us all in put us in hotels mm-hmm. brought us to the unit and JC and just, had a blast yeah it was the coolest experience and then I accidentally moved there months later accidentally whoops yeah, I got, I got <laughs> okay. expelled my senior year oh did you because I was on road trip and missed like the first month of school that will happen and uh, then uh, my mom called I think I was in Greenville visiting Matt and then she called and was like yeah we got a letter that said you were expelled because you missed the first month of school for your senior year and I totally forgot because I was working full time and traveling because like my junior year, I was in a co-op program, so I right. was working two weeks and go to school like academics two weeks, yeah. and then that slowly turned into like working more. Just you know, finished and passed my test for the year. Yeah, worked all summer and competed for due Tour. Went to Greenville, got expelled. Then I like went back home with Matt for uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> got my stuff, rented his his big storage closet in his apartment, and then it didn't rent it. I just pitched in a few utilities and I just wow. slept in there with blow up mattress, all my clothes, my bike. That was downstairs and then Yeah, I just ended up staying there. super cheap to live uh, in Greenville. Where where were you staying exactly? Matt's apartment in Matt. a storage closet. Matt Troy. I don't know Matt. So Matt um he was one of the older like he he I think it was a year behind Marcus. And so okay. he moved to ECU or Greenville okay. to go to ECU, but also to ride. Oh, okay. And then he, you know, him and like three other of us, you know, growing up in the Cape that were all like younger, like looking at Marcus, like chasing Marcus and like, you know, wanting to be friends with them. And eventually like they were always talking shit at me, like the little kid. And then I finally, it was like (laughs) susceptible um, to be a friend of theirs when I like could like improve. Maybe it wasn't annoying, Uh, (laughs) but, but Matt invited me out to stay on his couch. And then, you know, we were already good friends and then it just evolved. And then very cool. Then I ended up getting an apartment with Brandon, three bedroom for 600 bucks a month total. That huge house. No, that was Gootler's. We all rented that Well, oh, that per big room. house
0: halfway halfway in between in that neighborhood was Gootler's? Wait, halfway You've had some crazy huge house that was like almost at the animal house.
1: Oh, well I think both of his houses were out there. Not the one so we eventually moved into his house with the ramps in the backyard. Yeah. But the one that was like on like a man made lake. He called it the lake house. Yeah. Is
0: that the one? No, no, no. There was another one that you, you shared with like... It had it was a monster house. You had a big garage. You had like the rails and stuff. Out oh, that
1: was when Vince, Nick and I lived together. That's and right. And then one of our female friends and the girl I was dating at the time. Yeah, we had like a, U sh- or like a, like a horse U-shaped driveway and then it went all the way to the back. The house was sick. And we had a six-foot quarter pipe that was mellow that we built. A little four-foot quarter with a subrail and like a jersey barrier quarter. All brand new plywood we cut up and made. And then a flat rail that Laird welded for me off a of scrap, like there were like farming blades that yeah. were like this, the, the silo or like not silo, but like the, uh, the cone yeah. cut in half for the bottom. Right. And then like this ledge. That rail yeah. was so heavy. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, um, who took that? Some, was it Van that ended up taking that for his tour he was doing with Kaczynski? Oh, I don't know. Van's actually coming to town. He'll be home here
0: tonight. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Because I, I did right before this, I did a podcast with Lee, and Lee was like, "Oh, Van's coming in. Do you want to do one with him tomorrow?" He's coming to hang out. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he's just stopping by for a
1: couple of days. That's awesome. But yeah, just fun, fun,
0: fun, fun fact. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah, I haven't seen him in a minute. I think when they were out doing the uh, European cycling, your like Olympic team trials mm-hmm. in Greenville. He was out there as one of the judges oh really yeah i talked to lee like a week ago or so on instagram like back and forth and mm-hmm. i gotta catch up with him some wild stories with him traveling the world and oh i'll bet lee is one so brandon pushed beer on me like like not an aggressive man but like always like dude you guys i was like i don't like it he's like it's a quiet taste just try it you know and i was like ah, whatever but then lee you know traveling the world with him as my team manager trying yeah. different beers. Got me into it, and then as soon as I finally accepted it, he got diagnosed with celiac disease oh, and he had no. to stop drinking beer. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. Whoops. Yeah, a little fun fact about Lee. Oh man.
0: Yeah, I I, I've, I went out with him one time, but I think he was drinking a cider actually. No, I think cider, that's... and then
1: like he was drinking like rice beers, like yeah, rice no, wine beers or whatever it was. Something what it like was that. Yeah, see. that sounds about right. Yeah, crazy. But yeah, that was my fun fact of uh, getting expelled and what led me to my BMX career and living in Greenville
0: and which again kept you going down the road to turn you into what you are into now yeah beautiful it's a beautiful yeah. world it's funny how how life happens whether you're ready for it or not
1: yeah it just happens just happens and you can go or you can try to force it and it's
0: still to right. go you can you can jump on for the ride or you can try <laughs> try to get off as soon as you can but it's happening yeah. like it or not
1: well, I appreciate you coming over again. I appreciate
0: you having me over. I'm yeah. glad we actually got to record our voices on, on, it's on your so fancy funny. Like, microphone.
1: Yeah, I just, I always have these conversations with my friends. I'm like, man, like, we should have just recorded that. Like,
0: That's what got me so into many, wanting to do mine. Nice. Is yeah. just, I mean, yeah, we know a lot of interesting people with a lot of interesting stories. And I'm a story guy. I love stories. So I always try to, to pull a stor- stories out of people if I can help Um, And I'm like, well, I might as well start recording these so I can listen to them later somebody else can listen to them and I don't know I mean I I was real late to the podcast train as far as like even listening to them I didn't I was just like well I don't want to listen to podcasts because my parents listen to talk radio and that's <laughs> I don't want to be old I don't want to be I don't want to I, I just assumed talk radio is being for old people and then so I was real standoffish I didn't want to get involved and then and then I realized a lot of comedians were doing mm. podcasts and it was just basically their way of like, I guess being funny outside of just at the comedy comedy clubs. So I was like, all right, that's fun. I'll try that. So I, that's how I kind of eased my way into podcasts, just listen to goofy ones. And then I was like, wow, there's some podcasts where you can learn some things, things that you might mm-hmm. not know or just interesting ones or almost like a documentary version of a podcast like mm. hey there's a thing I don't know anything about let me learn about this while I drive to the supermarket or whatever Yeah, and, uh, and then now I'm now I'm in and I got to the point where I was like well I like having microphones and, and talking in the microphones and being weird and talking to people and friends and I was like well let's give one a try so I started doing it and you started doing
1: it apparently too so. for, for me it was similar but it was like I recognized like hey I want to be you know well-known professional speaker i want to excel at this yeah but i'm not speaking every day i'm literally waiting just for events to go and speak right with bmx i didn't just wait for a contest i wrote every day right so i was like well what can i do and right I like, oh well i can start a podcast i can just talk boom whoever wants to listen cool but at least i'm gonna be practicing now i'm gonna the... be sharing have a good time there you go have cool conversations like this and yeah
0: it's just another platform that people can can watch you and follow
1: you and do your
0: thing which is great and this, in, this, in this day and age with social media and all that being where it is I think people are not media hungry but they're they're just always looking for something new to yeah. entertain themselves entertainment is the biggest thing in the world like that's that's what the world thrives on I think just if you add it all up movies uh, video games uh, going to concerts sports, sports <laughs> live music like It's all entertainment. Yep. I mean, you can TV shows. You can even go
1: watch chefs cook in front of you
0: that's it. that's entertaining for people i mean yeah. there's such there's so much Speaking out there of that,
1: hibachi i haven't been to hibachi in a minute i love hibachi
0: you realize you're making me really hungry <laughs> i haven't eaten dinner yet no, jackie and i are on a uh, let's
1: see a 26 hour fast so far now so well, yeah.
0: congratulations i'm on a yeah. three hour fast yeah. i'm starving
1: so, <laughs> <laughs> we don't have dinner tonight i know we no, finished it no, no, no. last time no no no, the, no. you, like, you, are, you guys are you guys are awesome meal again actually. you guys are awesome
0: but um, well, I'll yeah, let you go I had eat. Fun. I'll let you go eat. But well, thanks, I yeah. appreciate that. I had a lot of fun. This was sweet. So um, I appreciate the hat, repping the Celtics. Which one, which one am I wearing? Oh yeah, I found this in the lost and found somewhere. Nice. I That's it's a fun. good find. It's a great find. It's looking fresh too. It's brand <laughs> new. <name. laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep my stuff tight. I keep it tight.
1: Let's <laughs> I think that bird just fell down again. There's got to be something going on because that that bird was pushed I mean, out of the tree by another bird. This is a hunting or something. But we talked about birds a couple times. You mentioned birds. I did. I think you mentioned the bird but falling out of the tree. The second time though, with like you like we're talking about social media. Oh, like, the like, Hawks I just want to enjoy the moment. Like I want to look up maybe significance of birds in conversation to see what random information pops up on the, the meaning behind that wow
0: i think that, i think that's great i don't know if people want to times. listen to you looking up no Google no on Google, that's for me
1: that's 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 gonna be a moment for the non so that's beautiful can i share just, that with
0: you can you like text me what you find out, yeah, if you I'll, find let out you know. I'll share my thoughts and feelings that's beautiful <laughs> i love it i want to know everything all right beautiful well, that was it this episode is brought to you by Got Sugar, a new campaign brought to us by the same people that brought us the Got Milk campaign in the late 90s. Recent scientific studies have found that when toothpaste commercials say 9 out of 10 dentists recommend a certain toothpaste, that one extra dentist is actually putting a lot of time and research into the benefits of sugar by taking a lot of money from bribes and backdoor funding and putting it into the study of sugar being the miracle health food. So now introducing Got Sugar, brought to you by 1 out of 10 dentists.